Good morning. Aren't you happy in the Lord this morning? Aren't Man, I tell you what, outside you'd think it's spring, wouldn't you? It's nice to have a beautiful day to worship the Lord in and trust that you've come uh, warmed on the inside as well and uh, ready to worship. Let's stand together. Let's invite uh, the Lord to just reveal himself to us. Brother Bob, would you please pray for us? Yes, do it, Lord. Yes. Amen. Please remain standing. Brother Doyle's coming to lead us in the singing. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's all join in this morning. Do any of you know anything that's uh, 250 years old? Do you? Yeah, we're about ready to sing one that's 250 years old. Anyway, page number three, page number three. Bob's pretty sharp back there. Amen. Let's all join in this morning.
Page number 61. I'm thankful for those old songs and the yes. truths that are in those. 61, page 61. That's certainly a great way to start our worship service, isn't it? These beautiful songs, thankful, so thankful that we have the privilege to praise him. Amen. I'm glad he brought us into a relationship where we could. As we go to the place of prayer, let's remember, of course, the many needs that we've been praying for. And uh, as we um, look at our <coughs> prayer list, um, we want to especially remember 
uh, those that are grieving, um, Kenworthy family, the Bath family, Hobbs family, Acuff family, and uh, also uh, the Knight family. So we want to remember these. Um, they're sorrowing. Uh, they tell me that deaths come in threes, but I mean, we have, we have several on our list of people that we're praying for as, um, as they lost loved ones here recently this month. And so let's uphold them in difficult days. Um, let's, uh, of course, remember the physical needs. Uh, Sister Valora, um, my grandfather is... Uh, I'm getting conflicting reports. I'm hearing that he's comatose, and then I'm hearing that he has uh, some days he gets two hours where he's with us. So, so I'm not sure what's going on. And so, um, just appreciate if you'd remember him. Uh, the nurse said could be any time or could be six months. So we're just kind of kind of in limbo for a little bit. But appreciate if you'd remember, especially the family. Um, uh, let's continue to remember Sister Joy. Let's remember Spencer Smith both physically and spiritually. Uh, let's remember Amelia in prayer. Um, and let's continue to remember Samantha Shaper and, and the family that, uh, this difficult time. Also, we want to remember the spiritual needs, those that we're praying for, those that we'd like to see get in. Let's also remember our nation. Our, our nation is going through a term, uh, tumultuous time. So let's, let's remember our nation. And uh, our, let's remember also our community in prayer. And I hope that you've invited for tonight. Trust that you've invited someone to come. Um, let's also uh, remember our missionaries. We want to uphold the Petersons and the Shapers and and host of other missionaries. I'm um, the, uh, Stephen DeLong uh, had um, the privilege of going back. I'm trying to think. I think it's Bolivia, if I remember right. Um, he had to leave because there was um, problems and uh uprisings in the nation, and they weren't really supposed to go back as a family until after the elections, and hopefully things will calm down after that, but Stephen needed to go back because of uh, the church needed him there, and so uh, he's there, and so let's pray for his safety, and that um, the Lord will bring him back to his family safely. Um, let's uphold uh, Chase or not Chase, Cameron, Chase probably needs prayer too, but we won't, let's not forget Chase, but <laughs> Cameron in prayer as he's away at school. <laughs> Might be Autumn that we need to really pray for. Right? <laughs> I don't know, I'm not going to get in, the, I'm going to get in trouble real quick. So anyways, let's moving on, well, let's pray for the school, the Lord would touch and help uh, our school. Let's remember all of our students that the Lord would bless and help each one of them. Are there needs that are on your heart that you'd like us to remember? Hmm. All right, let's remember uh, sister-in-law that uh, facing heart surgery. Um, I think my sister-in-law is uh, having her gallbladder taken out Tuesday. So if you'd remember Sherry in prayer. All right, let's remember the Denisons there. Our pastors at Chanute there, the whole family is facing illness. Eliana's under the weather a little bit. I guess it's been going around the school Friday. I think they said 
uh, I think my wife said half her class was out, and I think Mrs. Mincer's class was about half gone on Friday. And about lunchtime, the teacher was out. So, <laughs> so uh, let's let's remember each other. Illnesses that are going around, um, Lord would touch and help. Um, it's that time of year when the when the bugs are going around, and so if you're sick, stay home, or at least don't shake my hand. All right. So, because <laughs> we don't want it. But let's um. Let's, let's do uphold each other in the place of prayer. Are there other needs that you'd like us to remember? Oh, right, yes, let's remember this uh, very important need. Um, loss of a child, I believe it was, and uh, going through some difficulty there. So let's, let's pray for this friend. Anything else? Yes. All right. Let's, let's remember Lindsay in prayer. Lorenda's uncle has a new job, responsibilities. Let's pray for him as he's as he's transitioning into this position. Let's remember those that are traveling uh, for uh, Brother Knight's funeral. Uh, there's a lot of miles. Um, that'll be. Yeah, let's just. Remember them as they're traveling. Lots of lots of needs, isn't there? And, that, and I know there's many unspoken. I know that we all carry burdens, burdens for people that we want to see get in, burdens for situations that we don't know or see away. Or, but I'm thankful we go to one who who knows the way through the wilderness. And all we have to do is follow. But you know, sometimes that seems hard because we don't know the way and so we can't see. But we have to trust the one who does. And uh, what a great privilege to be able to know him and trust him. So as we go to the place of prayer, let's, let's all together call upon his name and believe. Believe that he sees, that he hears, and that he answers. Father, help us this morning. Help us as we pray. Lord, we're so overwhelmed by the needs of your people. As we kneel before you, we just we just marvel at who you are. We marvel at your goodness. We marvel at your that you even care for us. So often we think about how small we are in this individual and so so passionate for us. Father, I pray that you would just help us this morning. Help us, Lord, to trust you more. Help us to see not necessarily the way, but to see you and to keep our eyes on you. And that we would follow, that we would trust our guide. Father, we ask that you would be with every need that was made mention of this morning. I'm sure that I'm sure that some will escape memory, but but Lord, you know about every need, you know about every every burden, and, and so Lord, we just come to you with open hands, 
Not anything that we could bring to to that's worthy of your of who you are, but, but Lord, we're trusting you this morning that you will take our needs and Lord that you'll make them your own. And we think of those that are grieving today. We're praying that you would uphold them. May they know your strength, may they know your love, may they know that that you care about what they're going through and, and that you would provide a if not the answers, at least your presence. We pray, Lord, for those that are be traveling many miles that for Brother Knight's funeral. We, we know that that uh, Brad and Janae will be traveling for, and Lord, perhaps have already, but Lord, so many miles, so many responsibilities. And Father, we just pray that your, that your hand will be upon each one. And, and Father, that you would just, Father, somehow, some way that they would know that you are close. Lord, you know all about the physical needs. Susan's sister-in-law that's facing surgery, and my sister-in-law, Spencer Smith, and Lord, the list goes on and on. The sister of the Lord, Sister Joy, and so many that just need our help and need our prayers, and, and they need your touch. And so we're praying, oh God, that you would be with them. You know those that are sick. We just pray, oh God, that you would be the that you would be the great physician that we know that you are. Father, we pray that you would be with our our school. We pray that you'd be with those that are uh, that are have responsibility. That Lord, you know all about their needs. We, Lord, Eliana and Ethan and, and so many others that are that are under the weather and unable to be here this morning. We pray that you just touch their bodies and Father, we just ask that you would be with uh, Cameron today, Lord. You know all about where he is and there at the school. You know all about his responsibilities and and Father, we just ask that you would help him to draw closer to you during this time. And Father, that he would grow in the things of God. Father, we pray that you be with this service and on every part. Be with our nation. Be with our leaders. Father, may we know you better. Oh, Father, that's our cry. May we know you better. May we trust you more. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Time to take up our morning uh, offering. Ushers come forward. Let's turn to page 236. 236. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we have a place to worship. We pray that you be continue to be with our service and uh, be with this offering in a special way. In your name we pray.
years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Oh, mercy, see there was grain and grace was free, pardon there was multiplying to Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you for that good singing this morning. Appreciated, just appreciated the feeling behind that singing. There's, 
There's one thing about singing every note just right, but there's another thing when you just feel the song. It just changes, just changes the whole the whole thing. You can. I'm not. I don't know anything about in instruments or even singing, but one thing I have been told is there's a difference between hitting the right key and playing it with feeling. And uh, it just sounded like you all were hitting the right keys and singing with feeling. I appreciate that this morning. Uh, by way of announcement, we certainly appreciated everyone who came out last night that thought that w- uh, the reception and, and birthday surprise, I think that all went really well and enjoyed our time of fellowship together. This evening, Freedom Quartet from IBS will be having the evening service. Uh, there will be snacks following the service, and I just trust that you'll come, uh, hopefully with somebody. That'd be great if you'd bring somebody, but um, I trust that you'll come ready to worship the Lord. Let's help the young people out. You know, it's a lot easier to sing when people have a smile on their face, their hand up in the air, shouting hallelujah, running the aisles. I know, I ask him too much, I guess. But you mind the Lord. Maybe maybe tonight will be your night. I don't know. Um, February the 9th. I think I told someone this morning it was next week. It isn't next week. It's in two weeks. will be the State of the Church Address and the morning service. And uh, I'm getting geared up for that. Looking forward to that time. And so February the 9th. And then February the 16th, we'll, in the evening service, will be your opportunity to uh, ask questions of the pastor, of the board. And um, this is a congregational meeting. If this is your church, you're welcome to have a say. So we want, um, we want you to be there uh, for that. Anything else that I may have forgotten? I do have revival schedule. That is, is that what you have, is that what it is? <laughs> I think it's, it's April 28th through March the 3rd, and we'll have, May, yes, May the 3rd, I don't, I don't know how many times I've done that. <laughs> Anyhow. I know why I kept doing that, because I was trying to schedule for the last week in February and into like March, like that, or second maybe, and so, um, but we just couldn't make that work. Brother Gabe Norris will be our evangelist, and uh, some are asking uh, about him. He is uh, a little older than I am, a year or two older than I am. He is a great, big, burly, muscular black man. And you will enjoy his ministry. You will. I, I really believe that. Um, yeah, he was, uh, I think, a year ahead of me in school. Uh, you will, if you have seen Penview's, uh, uh, oh, you know, their big banners that they put up around their tables, his picture, even though it's been 20 years ago, is they still, his picture, I don't know if it's just because he's so photogenic or just what the deal is, but they keep, his, his picture is, has uh, stood the test of time, I guess. So anyways, so you have probably seen his picture, uh, at least. Um, Gabe really loves the Lord. He has a beautiful family. I want to say they have six children. 
Um, but I don't believe he's bringing his family with him, unfortunately. Um, but anyways, Gabe uh, has, has quite a ministry, and you will... I, I really believe that uh, he's who the Lord wanted for this, this spring. We prayed about it, and, and uh, it worked out for us that we could get a date that works. Um, you know, we don't have very many dates that, that we can have if you're trying to work around the school schedule. I don't know if you realize what a challenge that, that is. Um, and we have at least three families that that, that directly affects, so, including our own. So anyhow, um, we're looking forward to um, Brother Gabe coming. And I, he's, he's one man I have to look up to. I think he's 6'3 or so, something like that. But anyways, really, um, really just looking forward to, to him. He is probably, I would say he's one of the most honest people I've ever met. He's just real genuine, and I just really appreciate um, Brother Gabriel Mor uh, Norris. All right. Anything else? All right. I believe at this time, um, the Dodsworth fam family is going to be singing for us, and I don't know who all that is, but I'm looking forward to it.
Thank you, ladies, so very much. Appreciated that good song. Beautifully sung. And I have to be honest, this morning, I, I feel like everyone's quit singing too quick. Not that I'm not going to fill probably the time, but um, I just really have enjoyed uh, the singing this morning, the congregationals as well as the special, just just feel like the Lord's presence has been close this morning, and uh, thankful for that. We need Him more than we think we do. I don't know that. I don't know that in this life we can re- ever really get to the place where we we fully comprehend how much we need Him. I think we can. I think we have an idea of it, but I think it's hard for us to get a hold of. If you have your Bibles, turn with me again, if you would, to Psalms 9, the ninth division of the Psalms. We've, we've been trying to lay a foundation, and uh, probably it's taken me longer to lay this foundation than it takes you to lay a foundation for a building, but, <laughs> but isn't God's Word more important than a building? <laughs> oh, I... All this was, this is the third week that we've been um, trying to lay this foundation for this series on the names of God, and honestly, I'd written this as to be one sermon, and it's, I mean, I don't know what happens. I I, I trust it's the Spirit and not just the, I'm just long-winded, I hope it's the Spirit, but we're trying to 
I'm trying to, to make sure that, that we value what we study. You know, so oftentimes we can, we can study because we're supposed to or because it's the, the thing to do. I've, I've taken classes where the only reason that I was in that class is because I needed it for the degree. You know, and probably every one of you, at least in high school, had that experience. It took a class not because you wanted it, but because they said you had to have so many sciences or math or English or whatever it was that you didn't care for. History, I, I guess a lot of people don't like history. I love history. I never understood that one. But um, whatever the class was, some of you took it just because you had to. But when a teacher does a good job on day one of letting you know why this class is important, that can really change the direction. When I was in high school, we had, I had fulfilled, I think, most of, I think, all of the required classes that I had to take uh, before my senior year, and suddenly they changed the rules on us, and we had to take either sociology or psychology in my senior year. And it really actually ended up messing up a lot of us because we had, we had um, joined other programs. And, and, they, and so we had to take an independent study. We didn't, get, we didn't get to have a teacher. And so the group of us would be gathered together to, to they call it independent study, but there was about five or six of us who studied together. And anyhow, I'd take psychology and I found out that I liked psychology. And it kind of changed the direction. Sometimes, sometimes that happens, but I had no intention of taking psychology the day before school started, and I didn't know it was required, but the day it was required changed a lot of things, and maybe changed even the direction, so trust that this will be a blessing. Let's stand together. I know we've read these verses. Now this will be the third time. Maybe you'll get them memorized. They're good verses. Psalms 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. And we have been using as a theme for this series, that first part of verse 10, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Father, this is the third time we have visited this text, visited this, this thought and Lord, we don't want to weary the people. We don't want to get we don't want to get boring by any means. But Lord, we we want to trust you more. We want to know you in your fullness. And so we ask that you'd help us. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth. May you be glorified and honored in it. For you alone are worthy. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, we talked about why God would give us His name. And I, I want to continue that theme, but last week we talked about that 
He did so to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal who he is to you and to me. And continuing on that theme, he not only wants to just reveal who he is, but he wants to relate to us. He reveals who he is so that we can relate to him. It's almost inconceivable. And sometimes I think that, especially those who have been in church for a long time, maybe even those that have been raised in the church, it is hard for us to understand the gulf that God did span. Not just at Calvary, not just our sin gulf, but I'm also talking about a status gulf. We think about how great God is. We think about how mighty he is and, and how he's eternal and how he's, how he's uh, I mean, th- we're talking about a God who always was. There's not a time that God was not. And his power and his might. We have some wonderful, powerful telescopes that are up there in the, uh, and even some satellites. And we have the Hubble telescope that, that is pointed out into the far regions of space. And, and scientists tell us that the universe is constantly expanding. That, that there was at one time a, 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 a and, and I, whatever you might think of the Big Bang, and you know, it's, there was one spot and it exploded and it's expanding outward. You know what? It, I think God could create that way. I don't have a problem necessarily with, with the theory, although what's interesting is even scientists are starting to abandon it. All I know is that God spoke and the universe came into existence, but it's ever expanding. And when I think about the fact that God isn't done creating this universe. There are stars still being born, and we have images of stars being created even now. God isn't done creating. And I go, what is that all about, God? And I don't know. Most of the universe we can't even see with our best telescopes. So much is is hidden from our view. And what's amazing is some of the things that we have that we can see don't even exist anymore. There's a beautiful, beautiful uh um I believe it's like nebula gas or whatever called the pillars of creation. And, and you can, if you want to do a Google image search, you can see what they call the pillars of, of creation. It's, a, it's an incredible thing to see. But scientists tell us that those pillars of creation have been destroyed, I believe, by a supernova. And so now those pillars of, of creation don't exist anymore, but because it takes light so long to travel, we're, we still can see them. We see something that is not in existence anymore. Isn't that crazy? And I think about how God, <laughs> it just amazes me. God who's, who's created this and then he destroys it, and, but yet he has kept it as a history for us in the process of the speed of light. Just amazing. Well, how do scientists know it's been destroyed? Well, they can see the supernova. They can see how far it's traveled and they do the math and that's how they figure it out. 
We have a God who is so much higher than us. A God who's there at the pillars of creation and a God who's here. You know, uh, you see these posters, you know, they've, of a, the Milky Way and they have an arrow that says, you are here. <laughs> have you ever seen that? And you go, man, we are small. When we just see a picture of the Milky Way, not even the universe, we just see just our galaxy. We are tiny. How long would it take to travel from one end of the galaxy to the other if you could travel the speed of light? If you could travel... Ten times the speed of light. It would take you years and years. And God is, God is all present in our galaxy, let alone in our whole universe. And God's still expanding it, ever growing it. And then there's us. <laughs> us! What have you created? A painting? song, a poem, I believe that there is something within all of us as Christians that, or not just as Christians, as humanity, as humanity, that, that image bearer of God, that there's something inside us that wants to create. And yet, man, we've, we've got to use things that God's already given us, don't we? If we're going to use paint... That, that paint is made from things that God's already made. Paper, pen, and ink. All the things that, that we would create, we have to use the, the gifts. Not just the gifts that God's given us, but, but we've got a, the gifts of, of this earth in order to create. God creates from Nothing. The gulf between God and us is immense. In fact, it is so immense that it's, it's probably eternal. It probably is, is impossible to measure because we're talking about an eternal God, a limitless God, one that you cannot set boundaries on, and us who are so finite and so small that the difference between us is eternity. It is, it is infinity. If you were trying to put a measurement stick on it, it would be infinity. That God is that much higher. And then God says, you know what? I'm going to reveal who I am. And we say, whoa, you're too awesome and you're too marvelous. And, and in fact, if, if we were to see God, we would die. And God says, you know what? Not only do I want to reveal myself, but I want to relate with you. I want to have a relationship with you. <coughs> that makes almost no sense. I, I don't think there's anything that we could even get... I don't think there's any way that we could even really compare anything between us and, and something else. I guess, I guess maybe it would be like sea monkeys. 
You ever raise sea monkeys? They said, my wife did, she, a long time ago before we were married, but you realize you can't see sea monkeys? You got to get like a magnifying thing to be able to see them. And it'd be like us saying, hey, I want to have a relationship with this sea monkey. This is my pet sea monkey, and I love it. And, you know, I, I, not only do I provide for it, but I really care about this sea monkey, and I will weep and I will cry if this sea monkey dies. Really? Or maybe you've had an ant farm, and an ant dies. And you have to have a little funeral and bury it because there was an ant in your ant farm that died and you knew it by name. We laugh about it, but this is the marvel that God who is that much more so above us than the ant is to us. And God says, I am going to know you by name. I'm going to count the hairs on your head. I'm going to write your name on my hand. I'm going to number your days. I'm going to I'm going to love you so much. I'm going to send my son to die for you. It's inconceivable. That God would want a relationship with us. In fact, I believe it is one of the great barriers for so many people who don't, uh, that refuse to become Christians, is they can't conceive that a God who is as great as we describe wants to have a relationship with them. In fact, many of the false gods of this world didn't want relationships with the people, they didn't want anything to do with them. If they got mad at them, they'd destroy them or whatever, but you couldn't, you couldn't know the God. You couldn't talk with them. You couldn't, you couldn't relate to them. You just had to serve them. And yes, there's a serving that comes with, with being a child of the king, but, but we're a child of the king. Jesus said, listen, you've called me master, you, you, and I could, I could have I could have." I could be that. I could enslave you. I had that right. But I have called you friends. I've called you friends. We sing a song, Friendship with Jesus. It is ridiculous. It really is. We've taken this so We've just become so accustomed to it, we just don't realize how crazy this is. That God would say to us, hey, you know what? Let's be friends. Imagine you go home this afternoon, you've, you've had your meal, and the phone rings before you get to take your nap. And you kind of weigh it in your head whether you even want to answer it because it's, you don't recognize the number and you really want that nap. But you go over and you answer the phone. And the person on the other side says, Hello, my name is Prince William and uh, I'm looking for a new friend. And I heard about you and I'd like to be your friend. 
Most of you would hang up thinking it was a prank call. You wouldn't believe it is possible that Prince William, who's not even king yet, may never be king, who knows, would want to be your friend because his position is so much higher than ours. We're commoners, we're Americans, and he's royalty. And you say, no, 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 listen, uh, you know, this is, this is a joke, I'm not interested. He says, listen, listen, I, I just want to have someone that, that's not going to treat me weird and different. You know, all my British subjects, they all treat me like, I just want a real friend. I just want you to come over to the palace and let's have dinner together. You still would have a hard time believing it. It wouldn't be until... The chauffeur showed up in the limousine to take you on a personal jet. You still probably would think you're getting kidnapped. Everything would tell you this isn't right. And God says, you know what? I want you to be my friend. And I want you to enter into my courts. I want you to have an intimate relationship with me. But you know what? In order for you to, to be able to relate to me, you need to know my name. You need to know who I am. And, and one of the things that's so interesting about God's names is they're revelations of his character. He's wanting us to, to be able to... to Understand who he is. Do you know the character of Prince William? I know a little bit based on what I've read. But I really don't know him. I really don't know his character. I know some things. I know he's pretty brave. I know that he's, he served in, in the military. And I know that he's, he's served in action. He's seen action. And I, So I, I assume he's very courageous. If I was prince and in line for the throne, I don't know that I would want to go into action. But he has. I don't really know the character of, of Prince William, but, but this I do know is the character I, that I know has been revealed to me based on what I've read about him, the reports. And this is what God says. He says, I don't just want you to read about me. Yes, you're going to do that. God's word is, is an opportunity for you to read about me. But he says, I want to tell you who I am so that you can and I can have a relationship. Because if the relationship is just that I know you really well, but you don't know me very well, that's not a re really good relationship. How can you have a relationship with someone you don't know? I think that might be why new Christians struggle a lot. Because they don't know his name. Oh, they know he's God. But they don't know his char the character uh, that is behind that name. So that they can't really fully trust him like the psalmist is talking about here. And so when God says that he is, that he is the God who heals us, or he is the God who, who 
is our master or that he is our Lord or that he reveals that he's God Almighty or that he's the Lord of hosts or, or whatever other terms that he used, it, they are glimpses into who he really is so that we can not just have a revelation, but so that we can then relate to him. An ant with infinity. It still boggles my mind this morning. He wants to relate to us. He wants us to have relationship. He wants us to know him in his fullness. But then he, go, but there's more. Not only does, does God just reveal himself and have a relationship with us, but he's wanting to release to us his promises. I'm going to say something here that might, might take us off guard a little bit. But I believe that the promises of God are things are such that he almost had to make those promises based on his character. God had to make the promises that he did because of who he is. And so when God makes a promise to us, it isn't just, it isn't like I promise to show up, you know, at such and such a time. For God, it's, 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 a re, it's, who, it's who he is. He can't be anything other than who he is. I think this is a little harder for us to understand and, and, and maybe hard for me to illustrate. Maybe, maybe something like this. Each of us come as we are. And some of, us, some of us change a little bit as we, uh, through the years and we're not the same person, but it's, some things just don't really change. We are who we are. Brother Gary's a salesman. He cannot be anything other than a salesman. If he ever retires, he still will be selling you something. It's who he is. God made him that way. And when he sees somebody, he's either trying to sell them insurance, sell them God, sell them something. It's who he is. He wants to have a relationship with them, and, and, and he wants to give them something because he believes that what he's got is they need. And he's probably right. Especially if, when he's talking to people about God. He's absolutely right. It's his character. It's, he can't help it. It's who he is. There are several here. I could list several people here that just have to help people. It's part of their character. It's part of their nature. They don't want the limelight. They don't want anybody to know what they're doing. They just need to help somebody. And there's several here that I, that I could name that are just that way. It is who you are. When you see a need, when you see a place where you can help, you just want to do it. There's some of us who are just always busy. We've always got to be doing something. You call them up and you ask, are you busy? They say, yes, but what do you need? They have to, that, that's usually I'm guilty of that. It's my nature. It's hard for me to slow down and just do nothing. There's, there's always something to do. 
You know, there's, there's a little saying that God set me on earth to do so, uh, so much, and at this rate, I'm g- never going to die. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. I've got immortality wrapped up if I have to accomplish a certain amount because it feels like there's always something to do. It's my nature. It's who I am. It's how I'm driven. Some are teachers by nature. They can't help but teach. Whether it's in the classroom, whether it's, whether it's uh, in the Sunday school class, whether it's uh, just, you know, showing, them, uh, showing somebody how to do something, you know, taking a kid or a grandkid or somebody, and they just have to teach them something. It's their nature. They have to teach. It's who they are. And the worst thing that you can do to, to somebody is tell them, deny who you are and be something else. And you can't do that. You just can't be other than who you are. You are who you are. Again, there's some character th- things that we can change. There's some things that we, about ourselves that are up to us. But a lot of who we are, the foundation of who we are, God's implanted in each one of us. I shared at Bryson's dedication about how that that term, train up a child, and the way you should go, was, was, a, was a, a hunting term for looking at a stick, and if it was straight, that it was to be made into a spear, and if it was curved, that, that it could be made into a bow, and that, that our responsibility as parents is to unlock what God, that potential that God has placed into that child. A spear cannot be a bow, and a bow cannot be a spear. And we can, must be who we are. And people who've lived other people's dreams, children who've always lived to please their parents and never found out the way that God naturally shaped them, always feel dissatisfied because they were, they were not made to be somebody else. They were made to be themselves. And how many people do we know that say, I don't know who I am? Especially young people seem to need to go and find out who they are. I think the easy answer is, is what can you help, not help being? You find out who you are by what you can't stop being. Whether it's a salesperson, a teacher, mechanic, farmer, there's just some things that we just are. And this is what I'm trying to help us to understand is that God's name's reveal to us and and release to us his promises because we understand that who God is, he will fulfill his promises. And this is the part where we trust him. They will trust him. If we know his name, if we understand his character, if we understand who he is, we will trust him because he must be who he is. God can't be other, anything other than what he is. And man, it's a dangerous thing to say God can't. But I think that's part of what's wrapped up in I am that I am. I, God can't be anything else because he's unchangeable. 
He has to be himself. And when we understand who he is, it's no wonder he promised he would never leave us or forsake us because his love compels him. And, 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 and please understand what I'm saying here. It, it forces him to stay with us. His love demands it of him. And what I'm really saying is God demands of himself to be himself. And so I don't think it's blasphemy to say it that way. Being who he is, he must. He can't forsake people. Can you forsake someone you love? As long as you love them, you can't forsake them. It's not surprising when we understand who God's character and his nature. It's not surprising he'd send his son to die for us. Because he has to. When you see somebody in danger that you love, you've got to rescue them. How many stories of moms and dads who've risked their lives, even lost their lives, saving their child's life because their child was in danger? Love required it of them. They didn't think about it. They didn't have a debate. They didn't weigh the risk. The parental love demanded that they must act at, at whatever cost it was to themselves in order to rescue their child. And if we as sinful humanity can do that, how much more is God, who is love, feel, felt that same thing where he said, I have to risk my very own life. I have to, without counting the cost, without thinking about how awful it's going to be, without, without any of that, with any regard to myself, I, I willingly and must because love requires it of me, rescue those whom I love. I'm not trying to create a God who's a robot. I'm trying to help us to understand that you have to be, God has to be, who he is. And when God starts to reveal his names, the God who heals you, suddenly something, Something starts to click in our minds. Well, no wonder. No wonder. No wonder God acts this way. He has to. It's his nature. It's his nature. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our battles, there's a temptation for us to wonder if God cares. So it has to be the, one of the biggest slaps to God's face. I think he would say to us, if you knew me, you'd never question that. If you really knew me, you couldn't question that. You know, I don't know. You know, m most of the times questions are pretty safe, aren't they? Usually... Usually, I, as a counselor, a lot of times I feel safe in questions. But you know, there's one question I hope my wife never asked me. I hope she never asked me, do I love her? It would break my heart if she had to ask that question. I would probably need counseling. And I'm being serious about that. I, th I think that it would bother me Deeply, I think I would have to get help. I think it would insult my very core 
she ever asked me that question. And the reason that it would bother me so much is because it should be revealed in everything that I do. It should be revealed. It should be easy to see. And I try to make sure to tell her every day. But more than that, I try to show her every moment that it's true. If she knows me, she has to know that I love her. It must be apparent. It has to be obvious if she knows me. And when we question, when we can't trust God, it's because we don't know him like we could. Those that know thy name will trust him. We have to. We have to. I'd like to, as I'm bringing this, this message and, and these, these three messages, this foundational time to a close, and we're going on this journey of studying God's names, studying his character, who he's revealed himself to be. I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever gone on a journey with no destination? I was trying to think about that myself. When I was a kid, at Christmas time, and maybe this kind of was a destination, but we'd go in, there was a particular road where all the rich people lived. And at Christmas time, we would go on that road just to see how the rich people decorated for Christmas. We call it looking at the lights. We didn't go to the poor people. You didn't want to look at our house. <laughs> but we'd go there. I mean, their electric bills had to be ugh, insane. But this particular road was always, it was almost like it was a competition. And we just loved it. And we took the journey for the journey's sake. They tell me that the Aber Aborigines people of Australia have this thing called a walkabout. And every little bit, whenever they need to, they just don't show up. They don't show up for work. They don't show up to school. They don't show up to church. They just don't show up. They're just gone. There's no warning. There's, you know, there's no notice. They feel like they need to go on this walkabout, and they go, and it's a journey, and it's supposed to be a journey of discovering themselves. They'll come back three months later and expect their job to be waiting for them. The Australian government has had the worst trouble with trying to figure out how to work with the Aborigines people because they won't even give you a day's notice. They're just not there. And in our Western minds, we struggle with that responsibility and you know we all want destinations if we go on a journey 
we're going to Paris, or we're going to Florida, or we're going, you know, we tell people, we're going on this particular trip, and this is where we're going. The destination is all that matters. Maybe, maybe the closest that we have in our Western world is a cruise, and the journey is where, the, is where, is where it's at. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter if you're going to this island or that island. It's just being on the cruise ship. Maybe that's what makes it. I don't know. I've never been on one. But really, in our Western mind, we have a hard time with this idea of going on a journey for the journey's sake itself. But as we go through these names of God, I want you to know this, there's no destination. It's just, a, it's just a journey to discover who God is so that we can know him better that we can relate to him better. There's, there's no place to end. And even if I were to preach every single name of God in, in, that it was in the Bible, if, if we spent, and it would take, probably take years for me to preach all of it, and then after we get done with God, go to all the names of Christ, and then all the names of the Holy Spirit, probably half of us would already be in eternity before I'd get through it all. we still wouldn't be at the end of the journey. In fact, I would suggest to us that it's, in heaven it's going to be a continuation of this journey because it will take us all of eternity to fully know him. I don't know that when we get a glorified body that we will know God fully and completely and totally, I think it's going to be an eternal journey of knowing him better. Isn't that exciting? And we start that journey below. We start that journey probably even before we get saved, when, when we begin to hear and begin to, begin to just start to, to hear who God is and we start this journey that will take us for an eternity. And the only reason we're going on it is for the journey's sake, because there's no destination. There's never a place where I can say, you, we, I don't think on this earth, and maybe not even eternity, where we, where we can say, I fully, completely, totally know who God is. I fully and completely and totally trust Him in every single scenario. I think it takes this journey. It's that drawing closer to God. We talk about drawing closer to God. What, you know what that really is? It's about knowing who He is. When you and your bride were, or husband, whichever way you, it is, when you guys were dating, you drew closer by knowing each other better. It was a process. And some of you have been married a long time. But you know what? I think if you're honest, it's still a time of discovery. Something that you didn't know. Revelations that still happen. And if it's true in this life, with finite humanity... How much true, much more true 
will have to be with a God who's infinite. God gives us his name. He gives us his name because first he wants to reveal himself. But then he wants to have a relationship with us. But in that relationship, he releases his promises because it's through his character that he makes those promises. I'm trusting that this journey is one that's going to build our faith and build our love for the one who's called us friend. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. Amen. Brianna, please dismiss us in prayer.